Welcome to episode two of the 16 podcast. As always, I'm Miles. How are you doing, PJ? I'm feeling really good. I'm happy to be back in the saddle, getting ready for this week. We had a good week one, good episode one. Exactly. Great start to the pod. Couldn't I really couldn't ask for a better one. Seven one and one here with the push being in Surpresa minus one. How about you, PJ? What was the record? I ended up going eight and two in our debut podcast. My losses were or eight and three, excuse me. Uh, my losses were Indianapolis and that heartbreaker against uh, Cleveland, that Seattle, Minnesota over and the Clyde Edwards Alaire. I thought I thought we were going to see him get into the end zone, but clearly he has not scored a touchdown since middle school is what I'm getting by the chief signing Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, exactly. They don't feel good about him at the end at the goal line at all. At all. But I have to say, no podcast in the world has really gone 15 and three. Like, that's like insane. Yeah, we had a fantastic start. I'm so excited to get back at it. And I'm so excited to win some more money with you. <laughs> exactly. Here we go. Now we got Thursday night. It's like, it's, it's a pretty bad Thursday night game, but I like the college tees on Thursday. Arkansas State opened at plus 10. I think it's at plus 12 right now. You can tease that up to 18 and tease the over down to 60. I think there's a shootout. I already checked the weather because the weather effed me last night. I teased the Chiefs to the over. Couldn't believe the rain in Buffalo that effed me. But I checked the weather. 69, slightly cloudy, no rain in the forecast. We're set for a shootout uh, in North Carolina with Ark State and Appalachian State. Yeah, I mean, Logan Bonner's been off to a crazy start. He's got 11 touchdowns in these first five games. He's throwing the ball all over the place. I, I love this pick. What's your call, Thursday? Thursday, I'm looking back at the NFL in this, this game that, again, embodies Thursday night football in the NFL, just a gutsy divisional game that nobody cares about <laughs> except for the fans of the teams. Um, we've got two quarterbacks who turn the ball over an exorbitant amount. Miles Sanders is not going to be there. Zach Ertz is not going to be there. Dallas Goddard is not going to be there. Alshon Jeffrey will not be there. Jalen Rager will not be there for this Eagles team. All of that included, I feel like we have to go with the under in this game. And I like the Giants plus three and a half. I, I just, I worry about this game entirely. I don't have a great read on it because it's a divisional game. I probably wouldn't bet it. But if I did have to call, I would go Giants plus three and a half parlayed with the over, under, under, excuse me of 43 and a half points 43 and a half yeah no it's a I can't imagine that's gonna be a high scoring game between these like really shitty offenses now last week i had giants money line minus 122 you know it was a real heartbreaker for the washington betters i mean i was thinking the whole time i wish i had money on washington like it was hard to watch being a giants better because they were just the worst team the entire game like kyle allen was the better quarterback which was like tough you know what i mean like to to think that kyle allen is better than daniel jones given where daniel jones was drafted and everything yep but i could just not bet on giants two games in a row given i escaped with a w last time when i really didn't deserve it i was i'm scared to bet on the giants after their abysmal performance eking out a w against washington at home i really just can't see them beating this eagles team in philly it's in philly correct yes it is yeah, so I'm just I'm gonna go with the Eagles just because I'm terrified of how poor the uh, Giants were last week. I think they're you know they just really don't have much potential. I think Danny Dimes is still the walking turnover he's always made to be. I know the Eagles are depleted, but 
you know, I'm going to, I'd say a small unit on Eagles minus 3.5. Good bet. But the lock on Thursday is Arkansas State. Tees to the over. As I said, I believe the numbers would be at plus 18 and over 60. Sounds good. I think it'll be a shootout, definitely within two touchdowns. The fact that they can lose by two touchdowns and you still get a win is great feeling. It's going to be a high-scoring game, and they have a great offense. I love it. I think we're going to get into the me and potatoes of these locks. Yeah, let's get right into our locks of the week. I'll get it going if you don't mind. Yes, sir. I absolutely love Detroit this week. I think that going into Atlanta, who cannot stop anyone, they forced three Kirk Cousins interceptions and still found a way to give up three touchdowns to him at the end of the game. They should not have won that ball game, and I think that they're going to get a reality check this week. Detroit coming in. DeAndre Swift had an incredible game last week. I think he's finally going to get the reins of that backfield from Adrian Peterson, and I expect the Lions to absolutely smash. They're currently being given a point on the road in the Dome. I just like that money line. Give me, give me the favorite there. I love that call. Matthew Stafford on the road in a dome is always fun to watch. He seems Absolutely. Like he's like an October superstar to me. We're going to get into a, a little bit about Matt Stafford later as well, actually, with my, my fade those stats. So keep tuned. Yes, sir. Now, my first lock of the week is the most disrespected team in football, the Tennessee Titans. Mm. Five and oh at home getting points. I think you say F the points. You say, Titans win this game against the Steelers. The Steelers are much more fraudulent than the Titans at home. You know, the, 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 with two 5-0 and teams, the, the F word comes to play always. The fraud. But I think the, the Steelers are the team that shows up as the fraud on the road. It's not going to be the Titans at home. The Titans are still so disrespected with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill showing he's a legit NFL quarterback. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill has answered every single question posed to him. He's been the most efficient quarterback in football since he's taken over in Tennessee. Um, his contract looks like a big underpayment at this point, given the production he's given out. And Derrick Henry, I mean, what more can you say? If you watch that Houston-Tennessee game, he was dominant. It was one of the best individual performances I've seen all season, best individual performances from a running back I've seen in recent memory. I mean – just giving him the ball on the goal line with the game, direct snap, I, just knowing that you can't stop him. It's, it's got to be a great feeling for Titans fans. It was just dominant. It was just dominant. Dominant. Two 99-yard runs, basically. You know, not 99, but 70-plus. It was ridiculous. My second lock of this week, and uh, it's gross. We're going to go dumpster diving. <laughs> we already talked about the NFC East, the first NFC East matchup this week. Now let's talk about this next one. We got the Red Rifle. Who looked he looked embarrassed by the Red Sea of Arizona and those <laughs> Cardinals on Monday night against Washington. And this game is a pick'em. If you had told Cowboys fans going into week seven that their game against Washington would be a pick'em, they would have fainted on the spot. Truly heartbreaking. And that's why I gotta take that's why I gotta take Dallas here. I think that we get Dalton out of prime time into a Easy one o'clock slate game against a really, really beatable Washington secondary. That front seven is good, but I think the Dallas's O-line will get a little bit more healthy over this week. And uh, I think that they're going to win this game. The fact that it's a pick is just so enticing. I love Dallas on a big bounce back week. I definitely hear you because Andy Dalton, I mean, like no one could have expected that poor of a performance. He threw the ball like 56 times, I think, like with one TD and two picks, like, Oh, it was just hard to watch, but he's, he's been a starter. 
you know, he's got that experience. And I think he definitely has that bounce back in him. What we have to look for with Andy Dalton is historically, he's been one of the worst primetime and postseason quarterbacks in NFL history. Getting his first start in primetime on a Monday night without total leverage and total certainty at that QB1 spot, I think this is going to be a big bounce back. I expect the Dallas, Dallas offense to get back on schedule this week. I like it. Now, my next lock is actually a tease. I'm looking to tease the Bills to the Lions. As you already talked about, the Lions are going into Atlanta and the Dome, getting two and a half. Tease that up to six. I mean, excuse me, seven, seven and a half, eight, depending on where you get it. And then tease that to the Bills down going into MetLife. I believe you would get it down to seven and a half. They easily win by two to three scores. The Jets are really the worst team in football that we've seen in the past, like, five, six years. I really mean that. I, I, they're worse than like the 2012 Browns and the, like the historically bad team. here. Through six weeks, the New York Jets have a worse point differential than the 0-16 Browns and Lions. Their current point differential is minus 110 through six weeks. Wow. It is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. It's insane. It's insane, really. Like the fact that Adam Gase is not gone yet is like, really hilarious but it's like i guess like there's no sign of improvement at all in any position or any it's ridiculous <laughs> the only reason adam gase is still the coach of the new york jets is because they are trying to go 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 in 16 to go and get trevor lawrence that exactly. is the that's only insane. acceptable answer if there's anything else if they think that adam gase is a football coach that can eventually make them a contender they are the most delusional front office in sports which they might be which they very exactly. well might be They've been the most delusional front office in sports for years, so it's ridiculous. You never know if they're tanking or they're just literally that bad. But at this point, you could say it's a combination of both. They need Lawrence. I think we could uh, move on to another piece of news out of the AFC East on the other end of the spectrum, as Miami has gone on and made the switch from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua Tungavailoa this week. How do you feel about that, Miles? Now, I think it's way too early. Fitzmagic has really put up some gaudy numbers in the first, like, six weeks of the year. I think, you know, Tua cannot sling it the way Fitzmagic can. He won't. I think it no doubt guarantees that the Dolphins are going to win fewer games. I mean, we'll never know because, obviously, Fitzmagic probably won't touch the field without an injury for the rest of the year. But Fitzmagic is the better quarterback, puts him in a better position to win football games. The only case that I understand benching him this early is just to say that we don't really need wins this year. We're looking to build for the future. But it's like Fitzmagic was winning games against bad teams, which, you know, so-so quarterbacks can do. He, wasn't, he was not going to beat a good team, but he was going to beat bad teams, and he was going to be a 500 quarterback and, like, hell of a lot better than two is going to do, in my opinion. I think I got to disagree with you here. I really love Brian Flores' call to move to Tua here. Okay. I think that we have seen the full Ryan Fitzpatrick life cycle through the first six games of the season. He's got three games over 300 passing yards and three games under 200 passing yards. He's got mm -hmm. two games with three passing touchdowns and two games with no passing touchdowns and multiple interceptions. I think that we get to this bye week, we're going to get Tua with a full week of reps as QB1, a smooth transition, and I'd love to see what he's going to do with these last 10 games of the season. They're a, current, they're a team that can currently afford to lose games because they're not a contender either way. So I do not mind getting away from Fitzpatrick. Being 500 and picking 11th or 12th 
is worse for this ball club than letting Tua go through his growing pains and picking fifth or sixth. So I really, really like the direction that Miami's going in, and I'm super excited to see Tua in his debut. No, I totally hear that because no one wants to be 500. No one wants to be 500. Exactly. That that's just bad bad move for building for the future. But I, what I will look to bet on is Tua underpassing yards. I don't know what it's going to be in his starting debut. It's, it's probably going to be north of 250, 260. If it's anywhere in that ballpark, I'm hammering the under. I've been really good on these calls, PJ. I did Kyle Allen a couple of weeks ago. I did um, oh, Brian was- Hoyer. Yes, sir. Exactly. Brian Hoyer. It's always nice on these debuts. Usually they're inflated passing numbers. You know what I mean? Always nice to bet the under. Um, But I also think that these Miami spreads won't adjust the way that they should. Like Tua isn't going to put him in a good position to win, I think, in his first three starts. So if if, if it's reasonable spreads, I'm looking to bet, bet against Miami because Fitzpatrick in my opinion, it was a more valuable part of this offense than people are acting like, you know? For fantasy football, this is going to be one of the worst things that happened to Devontae Parker, to Miles Gaskin, to Mike Kosicki, all of the DFS players who have been riding exactly. Ryan Fitzpatrick's big games are are pouring one out for Fitzmagic right now. No, you just can't expect that two is going to give them the same production at all and just the same offensive numbers or points even that Fitzmagic has been giving him for the first few weeks. Tua's debut will be at home against the Los Angeles Rams. It's currently the 20th. That game is going to be played on the 1st of November. Rams are already favored by three and a half points. I can't believe that spread's out already. Yeah, we got a couple of spreads for that week already. Uh, Chiefs at home against the Jets currently favored by 21 points. 21, exactly. I was going to say, is that going to be more than 17? I know we already talked about that. (laughs) 21 points. They could win by three touchdowns and push. (laughs) That's pretty spectacular. That is truly NFL history. Um, So now I think we're going to get into the classic segments of the week. Fade those stats. One of y'all want a quick fade? What? Just a quick fade. No, just a quick fade, y'all. Now, what is the stat you are fading this week, PJ? Uh, I already alluded to it with Matthew Stafford. We've got a battle between two of the most frat bro quarterbacks in the NFL today, Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, Matty Ice versus Matty Ice. Are they both Matty Ice? What is Matt Stafford's nickname? I I don't know Matt Stafford's nickname. Matty Snapback. That's what it is. It's Matty Ice versus Matty Snapback. Matt Ryan has gotten the best of Matt Stafford in their careers thus far. Matt Ryan is 3-1 against Stafford. And Stafford only averages 20 and a half points per game in his four games against Atlanta in his career. Both of those numbers are going to change on Sunday. Stafford notches a win in the W column, and he will easily surpass 20 and a half points. I love them going for 28. Depending on uh, where your sports book is, you could absolutely hammer the team total over for the Lions this week. I love that. Now I'm going to bring you to the NCAA. UTEP going into Charlotte. UTEP is way underrated this week. Absolutely. I know you love this call. Charlotte is 5 and 1 against the spread in their last 6. They won't be 6 and 1. 5 and 2 will be their record against the spread after this game. UTEP plus 14 and a half. I love it. This was a game I had to do a little bit of convincing for Miles on, but once he saw the numbers that I saw, he was all in with me. Deion Hankins and this UTEP team is being given 14 and a half points on the spread right now. And you'll see in a little bit, I like him to win this game outright. Love it. 
Love it. Now, 14-point underdogs is huge because you can tease it up to 21. Now, on my college tease is going to be Notre Dame to UTEP. Notre Dame, I believe you get it at four and a half, five and a half on the tease, minus four and a half, obviously. And then uh, UTEP plus 21 and a half lock. I love it. Do you want to get into these diamonds in the rough? Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. Yes, sir. Now, the diamonds in the rough is a lock we give you from a not top five major league. PJ, what is your call? I've got a little bit of a futures bet, and we're going to talk about cycling a little bit today. Are you familiar with, with cycling? Are you familiar with the strategies, with the, with the theories? Not at all, and I can't imagine what it's like to bet on it. Like, how, are the, how do the odds work at all? So here's what we've got. The Vuelta a España, which I pronounced perfectly, begins <laughs> on the 23rd of October. Now, when it ends, I do not know. They <laughs> did not tell me. But I've got Alexander Vlasov plus 950 to win the Vuelta. So here's what I found out about this, about this course, about this, this tour. What do you call it in cycling? I'm going to call it a tour. So here's what I found out about this tour. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of climbs, right? Yeah. It's a lot of uphill, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of stronger, stronger, bigger bikers are favored in, okay. these, in these tours with, with a lot of hills. Gotcha. And Vlasov is apparently one of the best climbers we've got right now. He's a guy who should be in Italy right now doing the Giro d'Italia, but illness forced him to race on stage two. So he, he, he got to take some time off. He's going to be fresh. This is a tour that needs a lot of climbing. He's a big Russian fella. He's going to climb. And I love him to be a big underdog winner of the Vuelta a España. Plus 950, Alexander Vlasov. I love that. Now, that plus 950, that's like betting on a horse. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I think I big Russian horse. Let's do it. Vlasov all the way. <laughs> now, my uh, diamond in the rough, I'm going to go to some MLS. Uh, more, you know, more known. Closer, lastly. closer. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got Seattle at home against Portland on 10-22 this Thursday. Um, I know Seattle hasn't beaten Portland in 2020, so they should get at least a half of a goal. Now, that's what I'm looking to bet. I don't have the spread right now, but I think Seattle plus half the goal, meaning a draw is a win, is a great bet. They're at home. Portland's not going to beat them three times in 2020. Mm -hmm. Seattle is the play here. I love that as well. Uh, Is that game in Portland or Seattle? That is in Seattle, and I believe it's where the Seahawks play, where Russell Wilson plays. Oh, it's right across the street, actually. The Sounders and uh, and is it CenturyLink Field still? I think it's CenturyLink Field. Yeah, they're uh, right across the little parkway. But yes, that is my diamond in the rough. Now, just to recap on the calls for this week, my NFL locks would be Titans money line. Get some good value there. Bills teased down to the Lions teased up. Then we got my college call of Notre Dame teased down to UTEP teased up. Then my Thursday night of Arkansas State teased up to 18, teased that to the total of that game, the over. You'll tease it down to 60 and go over it. And then Eagles minus three and a half. I'll sprinkle that half unit on that. Now, what are your calls this week as a little recap, PJ? Just as a recap, I love the Detroit money line against Atlanta. I love the Dallas Pick'em against the Washington football team. 
My call is Giants plus three and a half parlayed to the under 43 and a half in the Thursday night game, but I don't love it. Maybe maybe half a unit, quarter of a unit on that. Uh, I love UTEP. You can get them plus 14 and a half or you can get them plus up to 21 on the tees. Absolutely smash UTEP this week. And other than that, my locks are all in my six-team parlay if we want to get there. Yes, sir. I think we are ready to get into the six-team parlay. Why don't you go ahead? Well, just to recap from our first episode, my original six-team parlay was a seven-leg parlay. Uh, Chicago, Carolina, Los Angeles, Indy, Seattle, Seattle, Minnesota, Los Angeles, New Orleans. We went five and two. It was not an incredible parlay, but Here we are going into this week's six-team parlay. We're going to start with college and move our way to the NFL. The first team, Coastal Carolina, minus six six and a half against Georgia Southern. This Coastal Carolina team is a legit ranked football program. They're a top 25 team in the nation right now. There's no way they should be favored by less than a touchdown at home against a team like Georgia Southern. Absolutely smash that. I love that play. Here's the big one. UTEP Moneyline. Wow. Plus 463 against Charlotte. I think the UTEP Miners are going to win this game. I think Deion Hankins is going to run the ball down this Charlotte defense's throat, and I really, really love them to win as a big underdog. I've got the Detroit money line, as I've already talked about, the Dallas Pickham, as I've already talked about, and then we get into Sunday night. I have the Tampa Bay money line and the under 53.5 against Las Vegas. We saw last week that this Tampa Bay defense is for real against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Well, I don't think they'll force as many turnovers this week. I don't think that there's any way that this is going to be a high-scoring game whatsoever. I think that both teams are going to lean on a running attack that has been really, really good for both teams so far. And if that's the case, then Tampa Bay's number one rushing defense in the foot in the NFL from both last year and this year is going to shut down Josh Jacobs. I love the under there. So just to recap, Coastal Carolina, UTEP, Detroit, Dallas, Tampa Bay money line, and the under 53 and a half. Miles, let's hear what you get. Now, there's serious value there with that freaking UTEP tossed in there. That's crazy. 463. Insane. Alrighty, my 16 part of the week is starting off this Thursday. Arkansas State plus 12 on the road. Then we have to Saturday, still staying in college football. Coastal Carolina laying six and a half at home. Think they win by two touchdowns. Then we already touched upon UTEP on the road getting 14 and a half. Let them lose by two touchdowns. Then we have Titans on Sunday. Money line at home should get some value there. And my fifth is Lions getting two and a half going into Atlanta. And my final one is back to Friday college football. Raging Cajuns going into UAB getting points. I don't know why they Mm. get points. A much more talented team. And that is my six. We have Louisiana Raging Cajuns capital. I got. I talked you into UTEP a little bit, but you're not. You're not taking the pick'em with me, and that's okay. That's okay. I don't need you to take the money line. I just need you to come on this ride with me and make some money. Exactly. Miles, do you got anything else to add this week? I believe that is all. And now we were 15 and three week one. We will see what our overall record is after episode two. Thank you to everyone who watched episode one. We really appreciate it.